When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, everybody. You're unbelievable. I knew you were going to. I knew it. I knew it. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And And I'm Casey Bartley. That's how Casey talks now, just nothing but beeps and boops. So this will be a hard one to listen to until you get the rhythm of it down, and then you'll figure it out. It's like listening uh, to a droid in a Star Wars movie. So uh, we'll muscle through it together, folks. It was either that or we both agree to be silent for the whole podcast and we make it to the playoffs together. Yeah, exactly. Uh, If you don't get that reference, uh, there is an NFL game that is getting ready to start right now. Uh, the Chargers versus the Raiders, where if they were to both agree to just do nothing but take knees or, you know, just run the ball in between the 20s, in the game in a tie, they would both get in the playoffs, uh, but otherwise only the winner does. So Counter. it's a real, prison, real prisoner's dilemma here. Counter, they agree to allow touchdowns every play. Oh, there you go. There so, you go. That's set I, records, you know, too. I've not seen somebody argue that. Um, I've only seen the they should kneel. So I think, you know, a 100-100 game or something like that would be pretty great. The only thing you'd run into is, like, what if a kicker missed an extra point? Then can you trust the other kicker to also miss an extra point? I mean, it It'd depends what time, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm i all here for the chaos. Um, yeah, I think it would – I mean, Let's break every record. Who cares? Um, this is what the NFL know. gets for having a Week 18. No one yeah. wanted it. No one asked nope. for it. We were all fine, and then they did it to us. So 
I hope this game is just all kneels. Yeah, that's like when I saw those news alerts of so-and-so breaks NFL season record. So-and-so, it's like, well, they had one more game. Uh, like, all these records are going to be broken now. You're talking about Carson Wentz and touchdown passes? Well, I mean, there was a there was a couple of them. One, one I think, was number of receptions in a season. So you're telling um, me so Carson Wentz did not break the touchdown record today? <laughs> I find that hard to believe. Okay. Just checking on my Colts fans. How no, are you guys I, doing? I don't think I don't think Carson Wentz, you know, had a shot at it. Sure he did. Did, did you not get my shot reference there? Cause, ah, because he, he didn't give action. Yeah. Woo, he there we go. He All right. Believe in it. Yeah. He didn't believe in yeah. the record. Well, he didn't believe in the record. Yeah, exactly. So why break something that you don't believe in? So, um, you know, he just didn't even decide to go for it. It's just silly at that point. So uh, to start off, I've got a question. And Casey, uh, this has been teased on the podcast a couple times, but I want to get into it now. Oh. Are you ready? So I've been here for it? You have been, yeah. I have no idea what this question is. Good, good. That means I'm going to catch you unaware, and you're going to just be be humiliated once again on the podcast. When I do my best work. Exactly. Uh, so the question is, Mason Gillis versus Caleb First. <laughs> what, what are we doing? So I bring this up because uh, Casey and I have had a conversation in the group chat uh, this last week, and he, he mentioned it at the end of the last podcast, saying that I, I didn't want to defend my boy Mason Gillis. Um, and I'd really – we, we didn't statement. have – we didn't have time. No one times us, Ledman. No one actually cares how long the pods are. They, yeah, they can mean, turn it off. It's true, but also you, you want a product that's consistent. So I don't want to go you know to an hour and a half or so, and I feel like that's where we were heading if we would have kept talking. So here is my position. I want to lay out your position – as well, and you can you can argue with me if you think I've laid out your position incorrectly. Is that okay? Yes. I okay. Pre-motion. Okay. So my position in the group chat, my position on Twitter has been this. I think that Caleb First has a higher ceiling than Mason Gillis. Correct. And I think that Caleb First deserved to start at the beginning of the year. Of course, Gillis was suspended, but I believe Mason Gillis is playing better than Car- than Caleb First right now deserves the starting spot and deserves all the minutes he's getting and yes you need to find a way to get first in the game to get him back in a rhythm so he can find himself and play like he did at the start of the year but for now we need to give Mason Gillis as many minutes as he can take uh and Casey your opinion is since Mason Gillis is more of a limited player than Caleb first we need to take that into consideration and do everything we can to get Caleb first more minutes is that about the extreme of the argument I was arguing more for first can't play six minutes and fall out of the rotation. Okay. Uh, right now, clearly Mason Gillis is the better offensive player, and it's not particularly close. Agreed. He once again shot the ball really well, was three of four from three, had three free throws, made them all, had 14 points. Very good. He also only had two rebounds. Um, I think Caleb first was impressive when he came in at the five and had to play some some spot center minutes when we got into foul trouble. I was glad to see him get that chance. Clearly the offense is not, you know, pretty much he had the nice cut for an open dunk, which is good to see because he was really good with that, especially with Trey early on in the year. And besides that, you know, he's a guy who sets screens, moves around. He got the ball in the, in the post on that very bad possession once this game and took a hook. You can tell he's not strong enough to move guys like he's used. Yeah. I, I still really lean towards his length and athleticism on defense as something we really um Trey is one of the best rebounders in the country, but I don't think he's been as good this year on the glass as he has. Um feel free to argue with me with that or not. 
Um, just kinda... I, I feel like I feel like that's fair, and part of it too might be that he's probably. I think sometimes when you go in and out like like him and Edie do, you probably tr- struggle to find a little bit of a rhythm on certain aspects of the game. Um, and sometimes when we would see Trevion really take over a game uh, from the rebounding perspective, is he would just be so locked in and so in the zone that he would he would play for longer stretches. I think in the past, but uh, that could just be me projecting. Yeah, because. You look at his rebounding numbers, and they're actually better from last year on the offense and defensive rebounding percent rate. Um, he's almost 30% on defense, uh, over 20% on offense. So it's not backed up by any numbers. Good. That's how I like so, my arguments. I, I guess I need to back off that because, yeah, in conference play, he's averaging 38% uh, rebounds on defense and oh my. 21% on offense. So I, I, my eye test must be wrong. But, yeah, the, I, I just feel like I don't think Gillis – is good enough to command 26 minutes a night on a regular basis if it means first is playing 12. Then again, I did not consider him someone that was, you know, a 56% three-point shooter. Right, right. We we talked about this, you know, last year coming in. When he played good teams, tier A and B, he was a 31% three-shooter. He did not shoot. He was 3-21 against tier A opponents. This is last season. Last season. Okay. This year... The better the team, the better he's played. Obviously, he missed a lot of those early games. But, yeah, he's 14-25 to 25 from three right now, 20-20 to 20 from the free throw line. His stroke looks good. He is taking shots that we're not normal used to seeing him take. And if he's going to score like that and shoot like that, we obviously need the help. Yeah. Wasn't crazy about his defense, once again. I, he's He is a tweener. He's not really big enough to play big guys inside. And then we saw him give up a lot of threes, overhelping. Well, but – I'm not sure how much of that is on Mason Gillis and how much of that is on the design of the defense because it seems Chris to not Kramer matter. Chris himself, who knows listen, something listen, about this on, defense, said on. they're overhelping. No, 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 no. I, I agree. My point is I'm not sure that's a Mason Gillis-specific problem. I think no matter well, sure, who Sure, but it is a his problem. Defense, like, even if other people do it, it doesn't make it less of a problem for him if well, he's doing no, it. No, no, no. But I'm saying – it doesn't matter if it's Mason Gillis out there. The whole entire team is giving up too many threes and is closing out slow and not getting to the perimeter. So I don't think you can say that's a Mason Gillis problem so much as whoever seemingly, whatever five guys are on the court for Purdue. That's a false equivalency. They, he's no, it's doing not it. He is all. doing it. Okay, everybody on the team is doing Everyone's it. Everyone's not. I, I first does not give up jumpers the same way Gillis does. He's I longer would, and faster. He what, gets back I feel like. You're you're just saying that, and you sound authoritative when you say that, but I don't think you have numbers to back that up. And There's I just no think numbers to back that up. I'm watching that, the game. Well, that's my point. You're just wanting They're, to color everyone in the same brush. Most of the guards do it. Most, and you know, Gillis has to guard shooters at times. But he was caught in the paint a lot. He gets caught in the paint a lot. He uh, got ran by the game before because he jumped out on a shooter uh, against Wisconsin. Like he is not. Very comfortable on the perimeter, and he doesn't have the size to challenge, so he has to kind of overexert himself to get back to the perimeter, and he it doesn't really work all that well. Okay. It's I, the not... one point that he is not better than first right now, and he's okay. not outplayed him. He doesn't deserve to lose minutes with the way he's playing. Do you mean first doesn't deserve to lose minutes, just so I'm clear? No. I, Mason, the way Mason's okay. playing, like, okay. he earned those okay. 26 minutes, but his defense is still suspect. I agree he's not the best defender on the team. However, I will go back to the point you made earlier about how he's shooting. Uh, He's shooting 60% from the floor, 
56 from three, and literally 100% from the free throw line. I believe he's 20 out of 20. And from a Purdue team that has struggled at the free throw line and has been in a number of close games already this season in Big Ten play, he's a guy that you might have to have out there um, on the offensive end at the end of games so you can get him the ball and hope that he gets fouled and try to ice away a game. Now, that's different than saying he needs to be out there all the time, but that's at least somewhere where I think he can truly add some value. And with the three-point shooting improved as it has been from last year, I think if he continues to shoot that way, he is certainly going to earn those, what is it, 20, you said 26 minutes a game, um, even if that means first only gets 12, 13, 14 minutes. And to be quite honest, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make because Caleb First has not looked good uh, as of as of recent. And he got COVID. Um, we don't know if he had COVID severe. We don't know. I mean, it, he came back so quickly. I would I would have to assume it wasn't that bad. Um, but we don't know how long it's going to take him to get back. If you'll recall last year when Sasha Stefanovic got it, it took him uh, a handful of games before he looked back to his normal self. Um, and even then, you know, you still wondered when he was looking a little tired out there and missing some shots, how much of that was him having a bad game? How much of that was, was him having uh, to recover from COVID? I mean, we don't know. Um, so I obviously I want to see Caleb first back in the game. I want to see him get back to who he started the season as, but I don't think you can take a hot hand like Mason Gillis off the court in order to just kind of push a guy who you think is the future. I don't disagree with that. I just think his numbers are that good because he's been absurdly hot the last few games, and we've seen how that progresses. You, as a shooter, you're not going to go three for four every no, 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 and I don't, so, I don't, I don't think anyone imagines that Mason Gillis is going to end the season shooting fifty six percent from three. I mean, that I will, would be crazy. I will say his jump shot looks a lot better this year. It does. It it's does. Really well formed. He's got the touch. He's taking less corner threes, which you know, corner threes are the easiest threes because they're the closest. I know some shooters that are less comfortable there just because it's a weird sightline. Yeah, and it can almost be like. I don't like a faux rim because you don't have the backboard directly behind it. So yeah, it, it's good to see him shoot, you know, from the corners or from the elbows really effectively. And he's getting it off quick and he's looking aggressive. That is good. This is a positive. I just don't want to see first fall away from the rotation. No, no. And, and I don't either. And, and I, I just still believe his ceiling for this team and what we need is a little bit higher. I, I agree. I, I don't think we're really saying that much different. Uh, in this argument, the only thing I think we're saying differently is right now I am perfectly fine with Mason Gillis playing as many minutes as he can get, assuming, and this is a big assumption, that he plays that he, the way he is playing right now on offense. Uh, if he continues to play that way, I'm fine with him playing 26, 28 minutes. Um, but, you know, when that starts to fall off, that's going to be the opportunity for Caleb First to find his footing once again and kind of take those minutes back. And I think that's what you want out of this Purdue team. You want guys fighting for minutes. You want the hot hand out on the court. And right now the hot hand just happens to be Mason Gillis. Yeah, I'm fine with it. As long as one of them is playing well, you feel okay about the f Yeah. It'd be real nice if Caleb can come back from the way he was playing at the start of the season, carry that forward as we move on into the Big Ten game. I believe it's still there. Uh, I, I I still love his movement on defense. I think he has a lot to offer there. And, you know, he's he's been a really good rebounder. And that's really important. I know we've got the big guys inside, but we have been hurt on the glass this season. Yeah. especially. I mean, we've given up, it feels like, a ton of offensive rebounds. Yeah. 
And Gillis is one of our poorest rebounders. There's there's no way around it. He just he's got an 11 percent uh, rebounding rate compared to first 17 on defense, and he grabs only eight percent of misses. So first is it 11 and a half? These are there. It's just sometimes these close games really just come down to who can grab a ball, and I do think that's important. So if Gillis keeps shooting like this, you know he's gonna play 25 minutes. That's fine. I just don't I don't want to see first fall off, and I think. We're talking about ceiling right now, which might be a misguided conversation because right now the floor is dropping a lot for this team. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, I, I think this was a good conversation. We'll kind of leave it there on these two. I'm sure it'll come up again uh, as we move forward. Uh, jumping away, there's one thing I want to touch on. I didn't mention it to Casey uh, in the uh, opening, so it'll just be a quick mention. Um, I wanted to point out that the Purdue women's basketball team uh, has now won five straight. Uh, they're sitting at 11 and four How overall. How about them boilers? <laughs> and two and two in conference play. Obviously, you know, uh, it, the the program has really gone uh, down over the past five six years, and uh, we hope they bottomed out under uh, Coach Sharon Versup and now uh, Katie Gerald's. It looks like the women are really playing just a, a little bit looser uh, and a little bit happier out there on the court, which makes sense given the uh, prior situation. Um, so. Uh, definitely look to Hammer and Rails for more coverage of the women's team. Uh, Jace does a good job writing up those games as they happen. The the team, I believe they won a game today against Michigan State. So it's just something to keep an eye on. Um, obviously, we're we're really thrilled that they're starting to turn it around. So just wanted to mention that because uh, I know the, the women's game doesn't get as much credit as uh, the men's game. So we wanted to at least shout it out when we could. Yep, We are better when we are a women's sports university. That is true. Um, so one more thing before we take a break and talk about Penn State is the Purdue football program is losing uh, two coaches. One has been confirmed. One is still uh, reported, but I mean it's being reported by all the people who who know things and always report, uh, you know, coaching coaches leaving and coaching vacancies. So first off, um, one of the co-defensive coordinators, but I believe uh, the one who's largely considered to be kind of in charge of the defense, uh, Brad Lambert is uh, leaving Purdue, heading to Wake Forest. Um, Brad Lambert was, uh, like I said, co-defensive coordinator. He was also the linebackers coach. Um, Headed to Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest, he was there from 2001 to 2010, and um, he also uh, has family in the area. So we understand when things like this happen, especially after you have a good season, uh, but it still stinks to see uh, a good coach head out the door um, but we still have Mark Hagan and Ron English as the other uh, co-defensive coordinators. So I'm not sure uh, the hiring process here, if Brom is going to hire another defensive coordinator uh, or if he's just going to look for a linebackers coach. So it, it should be an interesting search. He'll have, he'll have many options of what he can find out there. Do you know what's the best thing about having three defensive coordinators? What is that? If one leaves, you still have two. Yeah, You know true. what's good about having two? If another one leaves, you still have one. Yeah. So, I mean, Lambert is is widely considered a pretty good coach, like I said. Um, he, I think, was considered to be the one mostly in charge of the defense. I know it's going to hurt those defensive players because this will now be uh, the fourth defensive coordinator they'll have in four years. 
uh, whoever, you know, assuming they hire a new defensive coordinator, somebody else takes over the roles as the main guy. Uh, it'll be the fourth in four years. So it, it's a little tough on those guys, but hopefully with the rest of the staff on defense intact, they can kind of uh, move forward together and not have a huge change. So that is one of the guys. The second one leaving is going to be the wide receivers coach, uh, Jamarcus Shepard. He will apparently be heading uh, to be the wide receivers coach at the University of Washington. Um, They just hired a new coach, so it looks like he might be heading back there. Apparently, he was previously at Washington State, um, so I guess that is the connection there. West Coast, Uh, West Coast. uh, it's strange to me because as Shepard is a uh, Indiana guy, grew up in Fort Wayne, uh, and then played uh, football in Indiana. So uh, I it, maybe he thinks this is the best opportunity for him out there. But it seems strange going from one wide receivers coach position to another at a school that is just hiring a new coach. So you never really know how that's going to go versus where he is now. He's kind of with a with an established coach at a program that is actually looking up after a nine-win season. So that one was strange to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You're a, you're a lawyer person, and you're not doing the law in Indiana. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, the, the one thing I'll say, <laughs> moving on, one thing I'll say is uh, it doesn't look like it's a money thing. Um, the, the salary. Oh, yeah. Is that real? Yeah, yeah. The salary. Less money? Well, I don't know if it's less money, but the prior wide receivers coach at Washington, I believe, was making something around 400. Oh, that's what uh, they went on. Lame. Well, I mean, that's all we have. We don't. There's no contract out for for Shepard uh, for Washington, and apparently at Purdue he was making something like 435,000. Um, so if that truly is, you know, uh, $35,000 drop, that would be quite uh, an interesting decision. But with a new coaching staff and new money at the Washington. Um, program who knows what he'll actually be paid maybe it'll be um an increase but i'm sure there's a connection there that we just don't know at this point but uh we wish him the best obviously he's done a great job with receivers um at purdue and he's known as a pretty good recruiter uh so he's somebody who's going to be missed he's a young energetic guy only i believe 38 years old so he he's going to be one we miss but uh on the plus side i think purdue has a couple uh former players who would be really great uh, choices for that uh, wide receiver coach role. Casey, do you have any idea who those people would be? Who I'm um, hinting at? Stubblefield. Stubblefield is one of them. Sweet. That, that is correct. He is on staff at Penn State right now. Love that. Um, and then – What's Vinny the, doing? <laughs> that I don't know. Bring him back. I, Let's go. Uh, and the other one would be uh, Desmond Tardy. Uh, he's the wide receiver coach at IMG Academy. Uh, which is obviously one of those. They got a football uh, team too. Yes, yes, they do. Okay. Uh, so it's obviously it's the academy down there, largely I think known more for basketball. But um, Tardy, of course, getting his name out there. So two great wide receivers uh, from Purdue, and if they're looking to come home, now would be a pretty good time. So hopefully we can find a, a good name. What's John Allison to, doing? I'm think you're thinking of a basketball player. No, who was that six eight wide receiver we had? Are you thinking of Kyle Ingram? Is that his name? Yes, Kyle Ingram was the football player. All right. John Allison was a basketball player. Neither of them were particularly memorable. I mean, Kyle Ingram had a chance to be so good, and then he flunked out. Uh, Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, he flunked out, and then there was talk that he was going to come back, and he never did. So um, who knows? But uh, So we'll look to see who those hires are, and we'll cover that more, uh, I'm sure, when those names are out. But for now, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Purdue victory over Penn State. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. BGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLand's Slots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. And we are back. Didn't give me a warning. Well, you know, I'm just going for it. I got stuff to do, you know. <laughs> uh, and we're back. We're back. Uh, Purdue uh, was victorious over Penn State, 74-67 to in yet another close game uh, where it looked like Purdue might uh, give it away there at the end. And my goodness, uh, it was stressful. So uh, 74-67, Purdue pulls away at the end. Uh, we talked about it at the beginning. Mason Gillis had himself a pretty good ball game, shooting uh, 14 points on uh, only five field goal attempts, including three of three from the free throw line. So, uh, Casey... Uh, other than the numerous fouls on both Williams and Edie, what stood out to you uh, for this Purdue game and this Purdue victory? I think it's two things. Uh, Jaden Ivey had his best defensive performance by far. I thought he was yeah, really absolutely. engaged, really energetic all over the place. None of the counting stats are going to show that, but he played 37 minutes, and those were 37 hard minutes both ways. Uh, he really you know, set the tone when his guy had the ball. Off ball, he was better than he normally is. And I thought that was encouraging and something we definitely need. And the second thing is, Sasha Stavanovic is not just a shooter. He was 3 of 8 for 3. Probably should have had a couple more because he had a couple really good looks. Yeah, they got real close. But 13 points, 6 assists. And his movement and his ability to attack off the dribble really was an engine for our offense most of the night. Ivy was good, but he was inefficient. 15 shots to get to 12 points. Uh it, it was really all about Sasha, who played 39 minutes. Uh, Ivy played 37, by far the two highest numbers for those two. Brandon Newman, we talked about this uh, on, yeah, on, the, on the last podcast. On Wednesday, I said, don't let him fall out of the lineup. Let, let's get him some, some good mojo. And, and Casey, how, how much did Brandon Newman play in this Penn State game? 
didn't play at all, Edmund. Didn't, oh, didn't even play a minute. Yeah. So, I don't know if something's going on off the court. Obviously, Painter's not very happy with him. Uh, I think we both have idea. Like, I'm fine with Ivy and Sasha both playing 40 minutes. We need it. Those two are our offense. I, I do think Sasha's really, really advanced his game that he knows that that given go was gorgeous. Yeah. A couple plays where he just puts defense on edge, gets them on their heels. Uh, him and Ivy are the two that can do that in the perimeter. And we got good Trey, but I'm concerned that Newman didn't play. Yeah, me too. I'm, um, I I was wondering if there was some like disciplinary action or maybe, you know, there were questions. Maybe he had COVID and like everybody was asking, was he on the bench? Um, and, and I I honestly can't. I assume he was there. There was no announcement was about it. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's just to go from you know just a few games ago playing you know ten fifteen minutes whatever it was to all of a sudden not playing at all. And I mean, yes, it's a tight game, but. He's a guy who you put out there and you hope he can make something happen on offense. And I just don't know um, what's going on there. Uh, he's a guy who Purdue could really use if he, he plays to his potential. And maybe maybe Painter just doesn't see that effort in practice. I don't know. But we'd really love to see a guy like him back on the floor. Especially when we're playing. We've tried to be nice all season and try to be a little coy about our displeasure with a certain player, but like it's going to keep propping up because once again, Eric Hunter's out there, played 15 minutes, scored zero points. Yeah. Two, Two assists. assists and a turnover. Yep. Forced to steal. Woohoo. He's not guarding the best perimeter guys. It's not his role. He guards, you know, point guards. And I, I just, I, I don't get it. Um, I didn't think Isaiah Thompson played well again. Uh, he miraculously has the highest plus minus of the game at 16. But how much of that is that he's just on the court with the other best four players? Yeah, and I mean he also played 25 minutes, so he he was out there uh, third most um, of anybody. Yeah, and I mean one of four from three, that's not good enough. He's not he doesn't look comfortable when it's a quick catch and shoot. The only time I think his jumper is going in is when he has time to stare it down. Yeah, yeah, he needs a little time, and that's not great for a guy who's like five eleven. Right. Yeah, and it, like his shooting just keeps falling down and. He played 25 minutes. He's a point guard, right? That's what it says. No assist. Yeah. He doesn't create plays. He doesn't yeah, I mean, see the court, and he can't get into spots to make other people better. Yeah, I mean, you talked about Sasha having six assists. The team as a whole only had 14 assists on 28 made field goals, and six of those 14 are from Sasha, who is, again, not your point guard. Um, and the two two players who are, you know, ostensibly the point guards, um, Isaiah Thompson and Eric Hunter Jr., combined for two assists. Not great. No. Um, I mean, it's just – it's a position that is really hurting Purdue. Um, At this point, it, like, we should have got a grad transfer. There's there's no way yeah. around it. Yeah. We, well, and, and, the way the, and the way the transfer portal is, it wouldn't even have to have been a grad transfer. I mean, <laughs> we could have gotten – we could have gotten players from the same damn conference, and they would have gotten a waiver – from the NCAA because of COVID or because of any number of things. And now Purdue's sitting here with, with a point guard position that seems to really be hurting them game in and game out. And, you know, we can rely on somebody like Jaden Ivey to play the point guard or throw in Ethan Morton if we can, or even have, you know, Sasha has done great distributing the ball, but it's just, it's a different position. And none of those guys really truly are point guards. We can kind of finagle them into the position as much as we want, but Purdue simply doesn't have a point guard that they can throw out there and trust. Yeah, I mean, put a John Octius on this team? Oh, would love that. I, hell, you got me thirsting for Sterling Carter. Sterling Bring Carter. him back. Love hey, that guy. I'll take him. I'll take him. Yeah, it's 
Like it's it's a plague on our houses right now, Legman. It's yeah. It's not good. And you can see it on the court. When Thompson or Hunter have the ball, defenses breathe a sigh of sigh of relief. And Yeah, and, and at times you could see Ivy, you know, calling for the ball yeah. because he wanted to take things over. He did it a couple times in the backcourt and then um, you know, once he was beyond half court, he did it a few times as well, but you could see him kind of trailing in the backcourt a couple times yeah, like, like give me the ball, let yeah. me do this. And to be honest, he did get it a little more and that was encouraging to see him and Sasha handle the ball and the reason they played that much is because they want the ball in their hands to make plays, and that's what we need. Uh, combo yeah, and, of and that they're, in our big they're the plans. They're the players. I want the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know. I you know he's still a little sporadic. I wish his handle were tighter. Uh, he his body seems to still move quicker than his hands can corral the ball. But that that's that's our only shot is if we want to have the season that we had us like that we hoped for to start the season. It's got to be Ivy running the show, and Ivy running the show a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, two two friends of mine who I went to college with uh, were tweeting right after the game, and you know they said pretty much the same thing about Jaden Ivy that they love the guy, but man, he can certainly get out of control at times, and they wished he would kind of like slow down and he could figure it out and play within himself. Um, and then my other friend responded, you know, the last player who I felt this way about was Carson oh, Edwards yeah. during the season. And then he certainly turned it on uh, in the NCAA tournament. So let's hope it's the same way with Ivy. Um, and I think that is – that would obviously be a – I don't know. I don't want to say best-case scenario uh, no, for Ivy because – well, but I think he has more talent. Oh, for uh, sure. Than Carson Edwards. But so. you literally can't play better in a tournament than no. Carson okay. did. Like, you yes. can't. Okay. I'll grant like, you that. I'll grant you that. It's yeah, not so, better. <laughs> So I mean that that is what we're hoping. Um, I mean Ivy is learning and, and growing. I mean he's still only a sophomore. It is you know ninety nine percent sure this is the last season he's going to be playing at Purdue. Oh, he don't. But you know you hope he grows into the role and finds himself. And you mentioned it at the beginning, and I want to reiterate it here. Uh, he looked much better on defense, much more active, much quicker, and the team as a whole really did look better on defense. Um, but Penn State hit a lot of hard shots, mm-hmm. and I- I'm okay with that. You know, I would rather see the effort um, that we saw against Penn State. I think that'll translate into better games and more victories for this team, and hopefully this is the start of a turnaround on the effort that we've seen out there. I still want to see better, um, you know, defensive rebounding because Purdue is just allowing far too many offensive rebounds. Yeah, offensive rebounds and just – Overhelping and easy jumpers. We talked about it. Yeah. Like you said, it's most people on the roster guilty of it. Some worse than others, but that's the one place that we bail out teams. And I thought we thought we still technically have the best offense in the country, but it doesn't look good enough to make up for those errors. Right? No, no. And and you said um, right before we started recording that we actually ticked up a little bit on defense on Kim Bomb. Two spots better, baby. We're down to sixty-seven. Hey, no, we're up to 67. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we got to keep improving that defense. If I, I mean, the offense really does have the talent. They they can put a lot of points on the board. Trey was um, really good. We haven't talked about him. Yes. He was yeah. really good. Minus minus the foul trouble, which I, I they called a lot of ticky-tack fouls in this game on the bigs. His uh, fouls look like fouls. I don't know what they called Edie on. That one yeah. where Harar just fell down backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then even worse when he fell down forwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So, I, I mean, I, I guess it was good um, in that Purdue found themselves in foul trouble. Both of their bigs uh, played a smaller lineup, found a way to uh, maintain a lead, and actually um, they might have even extended it at that point. But uh, ultimately, Purdue found a way to win with their two bigs in big foul trouble um, and not able to play as much as we would want. I mean, Edie only wound up with uh, a total of nine minutes on the game. So, that is not something you're going to see a whole lot throughout the rest of the season, but you are correct. Uh, Trevion Williams, another great game. 21 points, nine rebounds, two assists, and a block. Uh, nine pretty of good. 12 shooting. Yeah. So he continues to be a beast. Uh, we got to keep feeding him down low. Uh, he's a hard guy to guard, and he just makes things happen. Is again, just like Micah, Micah Shrewsbury said, one of the greatest passers he's ever seen, and he's including college and NBA in that conversation. Yeah, well, that and big men and little men, like, stop stop putting the high, like, it's not just best big men passers. He's an incredible passer. Yes, yes, uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, it's good to see that. We can control and win a lot of games just by our big men playing that way. Yeah, yeah, so uh, there we have it. That's the Penn State game. Uh, the final bit of news obviously was announced earlier today. The Purdue-Michigan game that was set for, <laughs> set for Tuesday uh, will not be happening. Uh, due to COVID issues within the Michigan program. That is now going to be the second game in a row they have had to postpone. Uh, they were supposed to play Michigan State the same day we played Penn State, but that game was canceled. So I, I think a lot of us kind of saw this cancellation coming, or postponement, I should say, uh, because due to the new Big Ten rules, this game will be uh, tried, to, tried to be rescheduled. Um, they're looking for you know available dates for both teams. But it'll be interesting now that Michigan has had two games postponed where they're going to fit them in and are they going to you know are they going to screw uh the teams who didn't have the covid uh issues are we going to have to go on like a three-game road trip or are we going to have to go back-to-back days you wonder how that schedule is going to shake out so uh, i'm really looking forward to see what the uh, conference announces in that scenario you know it's scary i'm looking at our schedule right now there's not a minute there's not very many holes no of no. longer than i don't there's one spot where we have more than four days, and that's uh, end of February. We play the 20th against Rutgers on a Sunday, and then we play Michigan State on a Saturday on the 26th. Uh, and well, yeah. So I mean, they I but Michigan they plays can... Rutgers on the 23rd. Oh, so well, there you go. They play they play the 20th, 23rd, 27th. So one of the teams is going to get screwed. You can argue that the team that had to cancel should be the one, but. Also, it's that's COVID. what I would. Well, that's what I would argue. But I mean, it, you are right. It is COVID. It's it's very hard to prevent any any problems within all you know Big Ten programs. So we gotta we gotta take what we can. We obviously we hope everybody on Michigan turns out to be okay. We hope it's not serious. Um, and we look forward to seeing what the conference is going to um, do as far as rescheduling. And I know we haven't done this in a while, but Casey, I would like to end the show with a recommendation. Oh goodness, what you got? So I, I watched this over Christmas break, and I meant to bring it up on the podcast. But is this going to be just, the question I asked you earlier today? I don't think so. Okay. I, I don't even remember what that is. I feel so loved. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, so uh, they're, the Purdue uh, women's basketball team, of course, won the national title in 1999. And the Big Ten Network uh, just this last year put out a kind of like a documentary uh, looking back on that team, and I had not seen it until over winter break, and uh, it's airing on Big Ten Network, you know, random times, just because that's how Big Ten Network works. And it is a gripping little documentary. Absolutely okay. loved it. It was 
it was just fantastic to see all those players, see what they're up to these days, um, and just see them tell the story of how they got to, you know, uh, the prior coaches leaving, one getting fired, one getting a new job in the WNBA, um, and just seeing it progress and how the women responded. And it's just a fantastic uh, little documentary. So if you can find a time uh, when it is on on the Big Ten Network, I would highly recommend watching it. I'm I'm totally into that. I was I was 11 years old. I have vivid remem- memories of watching that team as a kid and first time tasting real championship glory. So yeah, I mean it, it was great, and they they have interviews with everybody, um, the coaches, the players, uh, players' families. So it, it's a really good watch, and I would definitely recommend anybody uh, who's interested to go go out and try to find that. I have a life trivia question for you. A life, life trivia question. Okay. okay. My life. Okay. Who is the one person I've ever waited in line for for an autograph? Only Stephanie. person I think I've ever asked for an autograph. Stephanie White. I told the story then. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. It's her. I think it, it was at uh, the Spice food, uh, shoe store. Lafayette okay, briefly, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was a little nervous 11-year-old kid getting a T-shirt signed. Well, that's a good – do you still have the T-shirt? No. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. Well, maybe you can. Is, I don't. Is she? No, she's not a Vanderbilt anymore. Now she's an announcer. So uh, maybe you can. Maybe you can find her at a Purdue game and get another autograph. Nah. <laughs> well, cool. all right. I'm too cool for that. On that sad note, uh, like I said, it's on Big Ten Network. Find it. It's a great little documentary. Get to learn a little bit more about that women's team that won the title. So uh, have a have a watch. Enjoy it. And until next time, uh, I. We'll speak with you later, folks, and we'll talk about the uh, game coming up against. Why'd you get so uh, awkward uh, there? I don't know. We got to cut that out. That was horrible. No, this is all staying, bud. No, this is all staying. Well, here's the thing. I was trying to remember who we played next. (laughs) Did not have it up, and I was like, "Ah." I will speak with you later. (laughs) We play Nebraska next. Yeah, Cornhusk. We'll talk about about Nebraska next time on the podcast. Cornhusk, sweet musk. Well, that's even more awkward than what I did. <laughs> All right, that's it. We're done. Weather. That was terrible. You could definitely definitely. No, no, no. I hate you. Yep. All right. All right. Good night.